This is Glass Half Full with me, Steve Twine, and where I'm joined by inspirational guests from around the world, sharing their stories, stories that may well resonate with you. Sit back and enjoy this week's Glass Half Full. Well, welcome to this week's Glass Half Full with me, Steve Twynham. Yes, well, I'm joined by inspirational guests from around the world. We are totally unscripted. We have nothing written down. We're just going to go with the flow because I find that's the best way to do things. We're going to have some fun. We're going to be talking about resilience this afternoon. And very shortly, I'm going to be joined by the resilience coach, Russell Harvey. In fact, Russell will be joining me in around 30 seconds from now. Russell, welcome. How are you? I'm really good, thanks. How are you? I was bopping uh, along to that music. It was giving me. I know. 30, 30, yeah. 30 seconds of movement. I know it's quite jaunty, isn't it? Quite, it is, quite it like is. it. Good, good. Well, great to join us this afternoon uh, on the Glass Half Full, and uh, we're going to be talking about resilience, finding out just what that means, what you do. Um, but before we do that, Russell, you know how mm. did you how did you get involved in the world of resilience? How did it become your, your genre? Oh yeah, so um, my my last permanent role was at the cooperative group in Manchester, where I was doing lots of stuff around leadership development, and it got itself into a bit of a moment. Did the cooperative group as a business? Uh, and then as a result of that, you know, somebody sort of said, oh, yeah, we need our people to be resilient. Uh, Russell, um, you know, go make sure you know loads about that so you can support our leaders. And it, and it really came from there. So uh, resilience and another lovely acronym I do, which is uh, VUCA, were the, the two things that uh, I essentially got involved in for the last 12 years now. And they just they just really resonate with me in so many different ways. Uh, and then when I went independent, uh, and I was doing ooh, navel gazing around who who am I? What should I do? And it was like, oh, well, uh, I am the resilience coach because what I've been doing for the last 10 years is talking about resilience. So, okay. you know, that's how it came about. So, Russell, what's, what on earth is VUCA? <laughs> yes okay so it to start with it does uh sound like it's an opportunity to throw every buzzword that exists into one place but bear with me so imagine the world we live in is volatile uncertain complex and ambiguous right and there's a bit of sort of research around it it's got military context to it and in about the 1990s it was brought into the business world some people it's still new to them there are others that have spent you know years looking at it and in the initial instances to go okay yes it is that's how the world you know does feel mm -hmm. and there's little descriptions behind each one about exactly what they mean and then nicely in terms of a model the same an acronym is like how do we start to counteract it so there's a VUCA acronym of so you need vision understanding clarity and agility so on face value 
it's like throw all the management speak buzzwords in the universe all into one place. However, when you unpick them, get to understand what's the detail behind them, then they lead into leadership capabilities, peak performance skills, which for me connect with the world of resilience as well. So when I looked at all the things around resilience, my brain likes to look for similarities and connections, mm -hmm. synergies, and I've sort of gone, actually, you put the two together and there's actually a really great way in which you can support humans, leaders, organizations to face into, do well, thrive uh, in this slightly crazy world that we live in. Go on, I bet there's some interesting chats around the boardroom then when you're using them acronyms. <laughs> well, it is, it's, and it, it is uh, absolutely. That's why I sort of caveated with this, like, oh, it's, it's, it's buzzwords. There are many times when I'm doing stuff where I feel like I'm David Brent. And I'm just, <laughs> just, it's like, it's like, just bear with me. You know, if we just look behind this and just put it, pull it apart, but together, it's like, it will help you in the business world actually work out what you need to do. Because there's like the lack of a right answer, you know, mm -hmm. US, and it's like, you know, businesses quite rightly sometimes are going, it's all well and good to talk models, but I need to know facts and figures, but help people to go, well, sometimes there isn't a right answer. Mm -hmm. um, so you now need to decide what you want your version of the answer to be, then that's the space that you need to go into. And some people are okay with that, and some people aren't. And one of the great things that uh, I also say uh, out of the understanding part, the second letter U, what that means is you need to understand that you should feel comfortable feeling uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. And, and I guess there's there's a fair few people that quite can't handle that or, or a few people that... Yeah. You just what you're describing there, you know, for the for the for those that need everything like black and white, and we can't move forward until it's black and white. This must be a challenge. Absolutely, and I, and I do bring up. It's like, no, if anybody's listening to me now, and anybody here has a high need for control, mm. it's like you're probably feeling um, more uncomfortable than others at this moment in time. So we need to acknowledge that some people are, are more comfortable with it being a little looser, or when we talk about principles and guidelines and frameworks rather than specifics and details etc then it's acknowledging that and so different people's versions of comfortable feeling uncomfortable will actually be influenced by well i i'm a bit of a control freak russell i go <laughs> okay we need to support you differently than we would support somebody else that's less of a control freak so, Russell, if you've got a few people around a room like that and you've got somebody that's a really creative type then, who, yeah. who's not really, oh, do you know, we what? We've got to work this out. Let's just get on with it. Yeah. Yes, th that's that's the big, they're the opposites, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, and then that goes into the, you know, the classic of like, you know, appreciating others, understanding who's around, when when to draw upon them and when to find ways to just ask them to temporarily dial it down uh, and when you want others to, you know, dial things up. So, yeah, that's just about a suite of human beings working out um, who they all are and how they can get the best out of themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that's about, I guess, having that quite balanced team around because it's easy. It's easy. Well, I say it's easy. You know, I've seen things in, in my career where people have recruited similar people rather than, yeah, people that can enhance the operation because yeah. they they recruit people that agree with them. Yeah, 
if that makes sense totally and all of the time all of the time and and, and i know that i've done it um uh when i've sort of yeah led some teams of i have logically gone right russell don't fall into the trap of like you liked that person because you they felt more like you hmm. this other person you were like hmm, not sure about them and then it's really really hard to go actually you need to employ the person that that you didn't think you were gonna get on well with easily because mm -hmm. they're the missing piece at this moment in time and what you need so you can logically say to yourself you can ask others to hold you to account and that's when you're going to just are you going to allow yourself to to really listen to that so yeah it's, it's about the really great setup at the start and just and once again do you understand that you need difference that you need variety um to to make something work and I, i'm just thinking back in time when i was in was in the corporate world and they did their wonderful um 360 degree appraisals oh, you yeah. know and and, <laughs> and they came back and give you feedback uh, from what other people thought of you and it's amazing how other people saw you as opposed to how you saw yourself it is. I've, I've done a, over the years, I've done a lot of um, yeah, feeding back people's reports, mm. you know, around the 360. Mm. And I've had every reaction. I've had, you know, some amazing people react in incredible ways and I've had their blind spots opened up, but then being receptive to it. I've, a few times there's been tears, not because of what I've done, but they've seen it and that's the impact that it's had. And yeah, it, uh, when it works well, classic statement when it works well it works brilliantly and you and you do also hope that people are gonna tell the truth on these mm. as well um because that's what helps the leader but then the big part of it is is the person that the report is about are, are they going to listen and then that's partially about them and that's partially about the artfulness of the person feeding it back to yeah. try and find a way that if there's something that's more difficult or challenging to listen to that you're going to find a way for them to open it up um yeah, there has been a couple of instances recently where somebody's just been very non-receptive to it. Um, and... I call it the Victor Mel Victor Melville moments. <laughs> I yeah. don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, there are a few. Uh, there are a few sort of sentences of like, "Well, let me tell you why these people are wrong." I'm like, hmm, okay, okay. Uh, oh. Okay. <laughs> Well, look, we, we're talking about um, you know things there about um, I guess around openness to change, Russell, as well, because yes, <clears throat> yeah, there's there's a I think I did a for for memory it was like um, one of the questions got asked was how much do you love to learn new things mm. out of ten, and and generally the people we were talking to oh I love uh, generally not everybody but yeah. I learned to love new things I learn it I love it I love it. Now, the next question was, how much do you welcome change out of 10? Okay. And and you suddenly went from eights and nines down to five and sixes. Although they say they would like to change, yeah. when you start talking to them, they've got this, well, fear comes in, I guess, anxiety. What will this change? What will this future look like? But from what you described earlier, you know, and let's be fair where where have we been right now for the last 18 months has this world not been volatile it does, it does. yes yeah change is inevitable isn't it it's all around us yeah it, it most certainly is that so it is wonderful this word of adaptability it's one of the specific dimensions of resilience um and 
really interestingly, um, I was doing some CPD uh, recently, and Dr. Jenny Campbell, who's got a business called Insulin's Engine, um, she was like, you know, we've done a bit more research and the adaptability element of resilience is really really key for helping people be in this place called thriving mm -hmm. rather than spinning between coping and surviving because sometimes that's what we do so she was sort of saying it was just reiterating that those people that are sort of really being resilient and are in the thriving space they spend a third of their time 35 percent working upon their adaptability which is okay. that lovely phrase of openness to change, which goes all the way back to your query around, you can ask anybody, do you like change? Yes, you know, because they've had their life and they've done change. But then the real challenge is, hand on heart, our brains are hardwired to essentially stop us from ever doing anything new. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're essentially, they're there to sort of go, just, just stay as you are it's you know stay still stay as you are anything new scary that's sort mm. of there from evolutionary times don't leave the cave frightening thing outside cave so stay where you are so um working on our adaptability is going against what we are hardwired to do an awful lot of the time so i'm not divine the fact there are loads of people that go yeah yeah i love thing new things i like new things but only certain new things based upon whatever my psyche is around I, I like this change but i don't like that change and then i suddenly go oh am i am i adaptable or not adaptable because mm. i was then but somebody's just asked me to do this other new thing and i've gone no no i, I don't want to do that so it's it's a real tricky one to understand the changes that you like the changes that you will let yourself do for but then the other changes that you need to do, should do, is probably a good idea for you to do, but you're less inclined to like them. That is working upon your adaptability, doing more of those things. Uh, is that is that partly about conditioning as well? How we've been conditioned through our early lives and from peers and things? Absolutely, absolutely. That there'll be totally the whole nature nurture piece going on all of the time. It yet yeah, will have been you know blueprints that have been fed to us throughout our lives our personal experiences around somewhere in my psyche. Well, I did change once and it was great. So I went to it or I did change once. It was a disaster. So mm. I'll avoid it as much as I can. Yeah, our conditioning will be a huge part of it. So it is about, um, in terms of working upon your adaptability, it's about finding the best way to give yourselves okay slash goods slash positive experiences under this banner of change it's so, like sorry, no 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 it's, a, it's it's about reflecting on uh each of our experiences so i always talk about resilience is about learning from life's events mm -hmm. so you know another thing that's good to be able to do around being uh open and curious for me that also goes under the banner of learning so how open are you how curious are you how do you like to learn if if we can keep reflecting upon life's experiences uh, and all of the changes that we've had to do, then that is going to help us um, be more receptive to adaptability and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Uh, and, and this is describing there, Russell, as well about the learning. Is there's, there's a bit about that, about learning from our successes as well as from what didn't totally. go so well, isn't there? Because we yeah. tend to forget that. You know, we're, you know we're, 
I know it generally when sometimes when you sit down with people and you ask them um, to think about what they've what they've achieved or what they, in their lives and whatever, and and sometimes they look at you a bit blank as though because they think it's got to be a big thing. Yeah. But then you suddenly say, "Well, did you pass your driving test?" Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. And 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 for me, all of that links to the confidence element. So another one of the dimensions of resilience. And I just you know confidence can be an enormous topic, but for me, if you boil it down to its essence, I always sort of say, you know, do something, have a go at something in life, try anything out, and then reflect upon it about anything that went well about it. Mm. You know, if you get into that habit, because we have a negativity bias, as you know, uh, a lot of us are aware of. So that habit of going, I did a thing. Uh, actually, my gut reaction was it was a disaster. But then you have to go, right, one thing, <laughs> anything that went well about it, and do it again based upon that reflection and yeah I, I do a lot around strengths-based work as well which is a case about the the dual thing about what's good and right about you as a human as mm -hmm. well as what energizes you so that the, the strengths-based approach you know is there to to counteract the hardwired negativity bias that um that we have as well um uh, yeah and, and that you should remind me i've got a book called hardwiring somewhere something about hardwiring. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I forgot what I was going to say then because it just went off my thread. Um, but that can be that can, that in, in itself can be quite challenging because there's a great phrase from Zig Ziglar that says mm. thinking is the hardest thing to do. That's why we don't do it. Yeah. You know, coming back to your, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm OK here. You know, I'm in my cave. I'm, I'm in my comfort zone. Uh, and uh, why do we call it the comfort zone? Because it's damn well comfortable, guys. And Absolutely. Girls, yeah. You know. But, but it's like when you step out of that comfort zone, you've only got to step out a bit, and then that comfort zone grows as you become comfortable. As Totally. It does. Yeah. Uh, and it's just exactly that. It's, you know, there's so many times as well when I just draw three concentric circles around. We're here on a learning event. So comfort, stretch, and the, the outer ring. I need a better word. So if you can come up with But the better word normally has got panic on it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's like, or maybe like too much, but I, yeah, I need some help with like, um, or maybe leave it as panic. I don't know, but it just doesn't seem to have the right connotation. And, but then it's always about, yeah, where are you now? And we learn most in stretch zone. So mm -hmm. we need you to be comfortable, feeling uncomfortable, stretch. Uh, and that's where you will learn the most and you'll increase your adaptability and you'll increase your confidence and you'll increase your resilience. However, that's that's exhausting. Mm -hmm. So you need to then uh, use your general levels of resilience to recover. So, you know, uh, resilience is about recovering from life's events. So you've got to do that equal amount of I've gone and stretched and I've gone and learnt, but I've come back to recovery, re-energize, recuperate, you know, uh, exercise, food, time with friends, you know, uh, you know, sit and stare into space um anything any of those different things that just helps you go i i'm just recharging recuperating re-energizing revivifying myself so that i can you know go again well let, let's link let's just link that to sport for a minute because it's not it's not that long ago in the sporting world where recovery and all that was like what and now the time spent recovering yeah is 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 monumental you know we, you know we need to spend time 
just letting our bodies recover, just giving ourselves signs mentally recover and all that kind of thing, you know. So that recovery bit, I, I, I love, I love that, I love that. And just on the comfort zone thing, you, you just as you were talking there, <clears throat> I saw something yesterday. Uh, Nick Grimshaw from Radio mm -hmm. One mm. has decided to leave Radio One. Okay. Yeah, and um, there was um, a video on YouTube of his very, very first link on Radio One. Wow. And they were doing the intro, and you could see he was it was excited. Yeah. He was nervous. Yeah. Okay. He was doing this with his headphones and his hair. There's always on the telly. Mm -hmm. He was doing all kinds of things. And he opened up the mic and he did say, I am so excited. I'm living my dream, but I have got I am so nervous as well, which was great for him to say. Yes. You know. And then, but if you if you know if if somebody had gone in. I don't know, two months later, three months later, and watch him doing that program. Well, they'd have thought he's what? Yes. What do you mean? What you were nervous about? But he was, and I, I remember the first time I presented a radio show, you know, and you've got your finger on the button and you, and you hit the button and you're hoping whatever, when you hit this button, something happens. <laughs> You know. No, it is. It's, it's a perfect example of that of that stretch space. So, the stretch needs to be, you know, energizing or you know, positively scary. I don't know if that's an oxymoron, but it's like I'm um, I'm I'm willing to do it. It's like you know the okay. You've just asked me to do so and so, uh, but actually that that's doable. And um, I, I don't know if it's a helpful example, but there was a few times when I did the um, Great North Swim, swimming in Lake. Mm -hmm. And then you can do like uh, half a mile, a mile, two miles or five kilometers as the choices. And, you know, I had, I've never done open water uh, swimming before, but, you know, raising money for charity. And and it was like for me personally, I went through the list and just thought, which out of that, you know, 5K, two mile, one half of feels like positively scary slash doable. And it was the, for me, it was the two mile one. Mm hmm. But, you know, um, from from whatever was going on in my head and heart at that moment in time and my gut, I'm going, that's the one that I think I could, you know, do. I've, I've, I've got to be serious about it, but I'm willing to do it. I'm motivated to do it. It, it feels exciting, it, but it feels properly like um, uh, it's stretching, essentially. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and that's what it's me. For somebody else, it might be the half mile one. And, and that's great. That's fine. Yeah. And then that's. That's a really important point, I think. There, Russell, is that we, we tend we tend to look at ourselves uh, around what other people are doing, yeah, and measuring ourselves instead of just looking to improve and be the best that we can be. Yes, yes. You know, it's yes. very unlikely that if I jump in a swimming pool, I'm going to beat Michael Phelps. No, right. But but it's very likely if I jump in the swimming pool and decide I'd like to do a better time than I did yesterday. I can improve my performance. Yeah. And that, and that's all. And I, re I remember talking to one of the, um, uh, Sean O'Driscoll, when he was manager of Doncaster Rovers, and um, mm. the, the, when he talked about his team, you know, because um, I said to him one day, that they'd got hammered by somebody um, in their, their championship year. Um, and the, the crowd thought that he didn't care because he was quite relaxed about it. But what he, mm. what he, he wasn't relaxed, what he was saying was, I cannot fault my players if they have all gone out and produced and performed to the best of their ability. Yes. If they've got beaten by a better team on the day or a wonder goal 
or a stupid penalty decision, how can I be angry at them? Yeah. If they've yeah. not gone out and performed, then I can have something to say. Yes. You know, and I think if we all looked, if we all looked inwardly at ourselves a little yeah. bit more, rather than the external things and blaming the external circumstances for what's going on, yeah. when some, you know, a lot of the, the issue is, is, is us, you know, yes. I'm not going to go there that I'm, I'm blaming that person. I'm blaming that person. Well, wait a minute from adaptability. Why don't we just step back? Let's just ask ourselves, let's just explore what's going on for us. Okay. Absolutely. Why, absolutely. why am I, I feeling this way? No, no, no. It's really good. It's a reminder of something that we do a lot of in this in a strengths-based world as well around path of possibility or path of limitations. So it is, you know, really linked to that. It's just understanding which path are you on, you know. Yeah. Um, and I did. Uh, I think that's the latest blog I wrote that got launched the other day as well is uh, about that as well. Um, and, and so you you've really got to understand what are your triggers that put you onto that thinking and feeling that's the path of limitation and actually how do you get yourself uh onto um the path of possibility and I had a beautiful experience recently i went to um my wife's uh, school and uh had an hour with the 180 year 11s and i did the path of possibility and limitation with them and had a bit of a, a play with it and then there was some of their year 11s the, the, the hall was a bit warm it was all socially distanced and masks, and there was a, there were times it was a it was a bit silent, but there was one moment, and it just oh, it made everybody do that oh, moment. So I just sort of said, in this instance, how do you move yourself from there to there? And then this voice came out: "Think how much you've grown." Oh, <laughs> wow! Exactly, and that, that's what I did, Steve. That's how yeah. I reacted, and there was a little there was a little lump in my throat, and a oh tear yeah. Throat oh you've made my day and there was a little ripple of applause you know from uh, other people in the room and i said genius I, I that's it matt you know uh, i can go home this evening and you know everything is right with the world so yeah you, you've got to at any moment really as well throughout the pandemic think how much you've grown that would be a brilliant uh you know conversation to have reflective experience to have you know chat about it with somebody because then you really, really will have shown uh what you've achieved um how resilient you are how adaptable you've been uh, and the things that you can do rather than the things that you can't do so yeah think how much you've grown yeah a great thing is it's like one of the things is what have i learned today yeah. about myself yeah okay you know and, and when when situations happen, you know, why, why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling this resistance? What what is going on for me? Yeah. You know, and, and I and you've just reminded me there again about um, a, a good friend of mine, Jeff. Um, he works he works for himself. He's very very successful, and used to have vision boards and all kinds of things. Mm. He was very much goal orientated. Um, and I was sat with him one day, we we're having a chat, and he went, "Well, you see, Steve," he said. Um, this is how I sort myself out a lot of days. He said, um, I have Jeff one and Jeff two, yes. right? And at the end of the day, Jeff one says to Jeff two, so how have you done today, Jeff? Have you done what you said you'd do? Mm. And Jeff two sometimes goes, oh, hold my hands up. I have not really set out to do what I did today. So Jeff one sacks him, <laughs> right? 
He said, but the good thing is, because I'm the both safe person, I can re-employ myself tomorrow. But he's having those conversations. <laughs> That's brilliant. I love it. But, but I've also noticed in a number of conversations I had with you that you are completely in that head and heart space of, of being reflective and thinking about yourself. So, and that for me is like one of the secrets of life. So uh, it's, a, it's a question for you, if it's all right, which is mm. around what is it that enabled you to get there? How come you are open to self-reflection, Steve? I think I started at a really early age in this world of personal development. Mm. Um, and I, I think one of the big changes in my life, Russell, was um, I was in my what was that? early 20s um at the age of i think it was 19 i got ousted from doncaster rovers because um we had a new manager come in and i thought my world was over mm. um and i end um, I, I i got a job in a, an electrical warehouse mm. okay and and i used to just i'd be picking stock you know for orders and things like that and he was freezing i had a crombie overcoat on i'd got a scarf on i got fingerless gloves and 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 coming back to this conditioning thing um when i went to grammar school uh, it was not a great time for me i was the only one in our um community that passed the 11 plus right and, and all my mates went to another school i went to the grammar school and the parents in the street were saying well he's not one of us anymore so i'd got this thing going on yeah. so i'd got this bad time at grammar school so when i got called into anywhere at the headmaster's office or something it was like oh what have i done now it was never i never saw it as positive okay yes and that's important that I, I relate that because in the electrical warehouse one day one of the directors mr cj morris remember him so well yes called me into his office stephen could you report to cj morris's office Oh, <laughs> so my my conditioning is God. What have I done? Mm. I don't think I've done anything wrong, have I? Mm. You know. So I went to see him, um, and he said he made me a cup of tea. He sat me down, and he went, Stephen, um, I would like you to wear a jacket and tie. I went, what? <laughs> I, I said I can't do that. It's freezing in there. I'll freeze to death. And I said I haven't, I haven't got a tie. And he went, pick a tie from behind the door. He said, you will not freeze. He said, because I'm creating a new position for you. And I want you to be the link between this company and the sales guys that come in. Wow. I'm going to build you an office, which he did out of this Dexy and stuff, right? Um, I'm going to put a heater in for you. He said, because I have seen something in you and I'm going to help you. So that was... Yeah, beautiful. the start, the start of belief. Okay, yeah, and and because I relate that to when when I played football, my my dad, my my cousin also played for Doncaster. Mm. Um, um, but it went a little bit. I think it went it went he went a bit to his head a bit. Apparently, I don't know. He was older than me, but I don't know. Um, and his dad always used to praise him, and he and it went the wrong way for him. Okay, so my dad went the opposite way. And he never, ever, ever said to me, really, that you had a good game, okay? Right. And I remember playing one night, uh, we'd been playing Halifax, and this old pro would really nutmeg me on the night. He'd really give me a hard time. And my dad said, what the hell were you doing? 
right? So mm. there was nothing, what we were talking about earlier, there was nothing you did that okay or you did that well. Yes. But you looked a bit of a devil when he nutmegged you, right? It was, um, so I had this thing. Uh, but then when when he um, when he died, mm. I found all the press cuttings that he'd kept. Yeah. So, so coming back to that, it was, it was a lack of belief there because mm. I never had that, and that wasn't my dad's fault. That's just the way he, the, it grown. Yes. I had this director that set me off with belief. Then I got encouraged into looking at the world of personal development, mm. reading, attending courses, um, stepping out my comfort zone. Got a call one day. Um, I was a sales trainer at Pillsbury and account manager. Mm. And um, one of the old directors rang me to say, hey, do you fancy a challenge? I went, what? What have you got? He said, uh, would you come down and be a sales director of this company in Telford? And uh, we can't, we can't, we haven't got all the pension and all that kind of stuff, but we'll pay you well. So I went, yeah, okay. I'll go and make, met them and uh, got the job. Went in, literally Russell. Three weeks into it, I could have cried. It was a complete and utter mess. Okay. Okay. And when I spoke to the director that I knew, we went, Steve, if I told you it was that bad, you wouldn't have come. <laughs> but I know you'll sort it because I believe in you. Okay. Wow. So we had this belief thing again. And then yeah. from me, it was, well, I can sort this. Mm. I can sort this. And and that was it. And I just wanted to continue to to develop and learn and i'm still like that today russell before we we were talking in the green room yes you know and 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 i've been doing stuff behind the scenes on the hour radio today yes found something and go well i wonder what that does yes okay? yes now, now now i could have hit the button and and gone oh don't go there but i thought well, no let's explore it let's explore it wow that is good so it's this continuous learning that is. that takes you in the how can I put it's that direction that you want to be in? You, you've got, you know, I've got a clear path, I've got a clear vision. What I want my life to be like, yeah. you know. Um, and when I made a bit of a well, not a bit, but quite a, a big career change, what 20 years ago, mm. I was offered a, a position which was um, six figure salary, nice car. Mm. Um, and for, for a split second, I nearly said yes, mm. and then I went, no. And the chief exec looked at me and went, what do you mean? No. I went, well, I won't be happy. I said, I know what I want from my life. I don't want to be sat in that travel lodge in London four nights a week. Yeah. I want to be out on the bike. I want to be playing squash. Yeah. I want to be doing my thing. I want to spend time with Anne. Yeah. I'm clear about what my vision is. Yeah. You know, no, and it's, it's, it's brilliant. So many good examples in there. The, the one thing I really want to pick up on was just, uh, was about the learning piece so if anybody's sort of curious trying to bring it back to the resilience piece around you no know, what's the resilience piece it's about learning from life's events so i always talk about the fact that i'm personally not a fan of the word bounce back that mm -hmm. is attached to resilience i might be being you know pedantic about it but i always explain out the fact that you know resilience is it's like life's events happen to us We've got some natural resilience levels about how much it affects us anyway, but everything affects us in some way, shape or form. So then it's a case of a lot of people sort of go, right, this thing has happened. I've faced into it and now I shall bounce back to how I was before. And I'm immediately sort of going, eh, I don't think you'll have learned from that mm. the risk. That is just, I'll just go back to how I was before. For me, the resilience piece 
is that we learn from every experience. So how can you get into that, you know, reflective learning, uh, you know, thing in a in a simple, easy, energizing way, you know? Yeah. Uh, not not it having to be like, or it's real difficult, but you I learn. Can go, I can so go you, with that, Russell, from that, you know, uh, as opposed to the bounce back thing, because <clears throat> the, the, you know, I'm a different person than I was six months ago. Yeah. 12 months from even maybe from yesterday from what i've learned yes you, you know that that's that's the key bit and and i don't want anybody to think listening to this that you know i, I was doing a talk one night and somebody said to me well it's all right for you mr positive i went no wait a minute i live in the same world you know i've been made redundant yeah. i i had a company that three of my biggest clients went bust and owed mm. me lots of money mm. you know so it's not it's not that life is constantly this bed of roses and it's all, no, these things have happened. Oh yeah. Life is tough. Life is hard. Yes. Um, and absolutely. You've got to acknowledge that it's, it isn't about, yeah, you can't just put the positive spin on it. So instead of bounce back, I always talk about, so how can you spring forward having learned, you know, mm. that that's, that's the principle. That's the concept. Um, that I just try and instill into people. And I'm on a bit of a one-person mission to sort of go, if anybody in the future goes, what's resilience? And and the word bounce back comes back. I sort of go, well, uh, <laughs> if you've ever listened to a bloke called Russell, can you jump in at that point? That point. Go, uh, what about bring forwards? You know, uh, it's like, so anybody listen to this, help me out, you know, future yeah. It's like, I'll... there's this bloke called Russell that says it's bring forward. Let's talk about that. Well, 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 Russell, then that's a really good point really, to wind up then. So if somebody yeah. wants to um, spring forward. Yes. yes. <laughs> Just imagine Zebedee for those who remember and all that kind of thing, you know. Yes. Bound to, yeah. So go for it. So how can they get uh, in touch with you? How can they find out more about you? Yeah. Yeah. So the website is all the W's www.theresiliencecoach.co.uk. Go on there and there's a few like contact uh, form things in click. But the email is Russell at theresiliencecoach.co.uk uh, i'm on you know linkedin and twitter and facebook as well so if you just stick in the resilience coach anywhere in there something to do with that comes up brilliant and, and don't forget we've got to mention as well towards the I end know, of this something else yes. there, Steve, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, yeah yes you've you've got um you, you, you can be heard on the hour radio doing some resilience tips and, and you've got a brand new show coming I do. I do. Yes. Launching this Saturday. So, yeah, Russell's Resilience Radio Show. We've got to get some alliteration in there. I'm <laughs> an English teacher. So, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, want lots of the usual wonderful things that we get on Yawa Radio. But, yes, it's uh, Saturday afternoons and there'll be just good, you know, snippets, uh, vignettes, ideas, commentary around the whole topic of resilience that will be woven into um, the, the shows on Saturday. Great stuff. Russell, as always, fantastic talking to you. We could talk for hours and, uh, and, and chew the cud. And uh, whatever you're doing, my mate, for the rest of the day, have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for joining us on Glass Half Full. Thank you. Well, a big thank you for joining us on tonight's Glass Half Full. If you'd like to have advanced information about guests that will be joining me on Glass Half Full, why not join our newsletter? Just drop me an email, steve at stevetwynham.com, and we'll add you to our Glass Half Full newsletter. And just a reminder to check out Yawa Radio, your truly well-being and happiness station, online 24 hours, seven days a week at yawaradio.co.uk.